It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Tuesday to you. It's Tuesday, March the 5th. I got my man Kai Carlin here. Kai got a promotion. He works for Sixers Wire with USA Today. Congrats, brother. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And then I have the vet, Mr. Marcus Hayes, columnist for the Philly Daily News, Philly Inquirer, Philly.com. What's up, bro? Nothing but the rent, pal. Nothing but the rent. Um, I wish I still had the rent. Not yeah. a mortgage. That's right. <laughs> like, you got equity now. I got, yeah, that's true. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> then you can just leave. But anyway, y'all don't want to hear about our jokes. Um, <laughs> what, I, what we want to talk about today is uh, Brett Brown said that he hopes that Tobias Harris it remains a 76ers for a long time. Tobias Harris came back and said he hopes the same thing. Well, he was asked a question, and he said, yeah. And he talked about Brett, and he talked about his like for the Sixers organization. Then secondly, you know, you know, I wrote, in, I mean, in my podcast yesterday, I talked about, I felt like if something should go wrong um, with the Sixers, you know, Brett Brown is going to get the blunt of it and he's going to get the blame. And that's where the pressure lies because he's the coach. Well, Marcus raised the point and he talked about that. Hey, hold up. We have to wait a little bit because you really can't judge Brett Brown until Joel Embiid is 100% healthy, and we don't know when that's going to be. Thirdly, we're going to talk about Zaire Smith. You know, Zaire Smith, you know, played his second G League game yesterday down in Delaware. But first, what do y'all think about Brett Brown when he said about uh, Tobias Harris, about him you know, being here for a long time. I I have contended for a long time that it's been since Andre Iguodala was here, and Andre wasn't a great shooter, but they have lacked a complete basketball player on this roster. So when they got Jimmy Butler first and Tobias Harris second, you can argue that those are the first, uh, this is the first time since Andre Iguodala, as flawed as he was, if if you consider him flawed, that they had a guy with every tool. 
And yes, Joel Embiid is massively talented, but Joel Embiid is still a work in progress, and no one will tell you that quicker than Joel Embiid. There are a lot of things he can do better. Ben Simmons can't shoot. So um, it, it is what it is. When, you, when you're a coach, you want guys on your squad who can do everything. You want complete basketball players. I got a little hot water a couple years ago when uh, Ursan Ilyasova was on the squad, and um, my contention then, before Joel sort of exploded in the second half, was, you know, Brett Brown loved Ursan Ilyasova because Ursan Ilyasova was his best all-around basketball player, and he was. That's why Tobias Harris warms the cockles of Brett Brown's heart, because like Jimmy Butler, he can do everything, and unlike Jimmy Butler, maybe, he's still on the rise. Jimmy Butler might be at his peak. Yeah, and, and, and Kai, how do you feel about what, what Tobias basically said? He says, yeah, like, and he, he had a lot of praise for Brett Brown. Yeah, he talked about Brett and how um, really he was like a great coach in terms of like an offensive mind and getting guys ready to go, getting them ready to play. And he's so defensively getting them ready to go on that end as well. So I, I really think that, you know, through the first – Oh, what has it been, like two weeks, three weeks since, since he's been here? Just it really seems like he's fit in with this team seamlessly. It seems like he's really been on the same page with Brett and, and Joe and, and Ben and, and everybody else in between. So I really think that Tobias really shows that he wants to stay here in Philadelphia. And I really think that he's got a ton of respect for Brett. I think he talked about that at practice. And um, kind of to what Mark Marcus was talking about, now you, they kind of have that first guy since Andre Godalo who can literally be a Swiss Army knife. You go out there, do a little bit of everything, a little bit of shooting, a little bit of scoring when you have to. He's a physical defender. And uh, he's also good on the glass as well, and especially that, that's huge for right now, especially with, uh, with Joe out with the injury. And, and you know, I think that, and, and I tweeted this and I talked about it before. Um, I tweeted it on Thursday night when they played OKC. Tobias Harris is an all-star here. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that he was a borderline all-star like other places, but when you look at it, you know, he's a guy who can, wow, play. You don't have to run plays for him, you know. And, and he's like, you know, Robert Covington and Dario Sarvis, they did certain things. But this guy is the third all-star here. He's going to have so many great games and so many great statistics. And if you look at it early on, now, you look at, I'm just going to say J.J. Reddick. When Tobias Harris gets off early when Joel Embiid's around, what that does is that opens up more things for Reddick, right? Yeah. That's when Reddick had that 34-point game because if you notice, Tobias, when he got off, he had a nice little spurt. The next thing you know, people had to come off of Joel, come off of, um, and, and go towards Tobias, and you're saying, wow, we, we know what Jimmy Butler can do. I mean, so J.J., that frees him up. And uh, I'm just saying, like, Tobias is just a, a good player. You look at him. But I think in order for the Sixers to be successful, and I'm, right now I know we're saying he's going to come back, but or we think he's going to come back, he wants to come back, and how what a great fit he would, it will be. But I also believe that in order for the Sixers to be successful in the playoffs, he has to get off early. You know who he reminds me of on a, a kind of a very light, uh, to, to a very light degree, is Kevin Durant. You don't need to, you don't need to set plays for Kevin Durant. He can do a lot of different things. He, he, he adds value, especially on a team that's stacked. And this team is kind of stacked at this point. This team has, you know, it's when it's starting five is full. It has four guys who can score and one guy who can facilitate and score a little bit. So, he reminds me a little bit of Kevin Durant in that 
to your point, he doesn't he doesn't need to he doesn't need to be coddled to, and he doesn't need to be isolated, and he doesn't he he could just get twenty two twenty five in the flow of the game, and chip in, and he's long defensively. I think he, what, what's his what's his uh, wingspan like seven one seven two something like that. He he's the perfect fit for this team. He's what they needed. Of all the moves that Elton Brand will make and has made, this might be the best value move that he makes, considering uh, what he got for what he spent. Okay, now let's talk about going move on to the second segment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, we're talking about practice. Like, nah, we're talking about Brett Brown. We're talking about Brett Brown. And, um, you know, you raised a pretty, Marcus raised a great point where he said that it's hard for you to judge Brett Brown until he has a full complement of players, until not Joel Embiid is just playing, but until he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And you won't know that a year from now. Well, here's the thing. Like, we go into the post, we go into the offseason, and the two things Brett Brown stresses most is, okay, we got to get Markel Fultz right. Well, three things then. we got to get Markel Fultz right. we got to get Ben Schott right. But I'm most excited that Joel Embiid will have an offseason so he'll come back and he'll be fit. He'll be, he's healthy entering the offseason so he can be his best Joel Embiid entering the regular season. And that's no longer true. You're not going to have a, a fit Joel Embiid for the rest of the season because he's taken two and a half weeks off now to re- rehabilitate his left knee tendonitis. You can't play yourself back into shape. You just can't do it. He's not going to be what they hoped he would be going down the stretch and into the playoffs, number one. So you're going to have, at best, 80 85% of Joel Embiid, and you're going to have him intermittently. They have 19 games left. He's missed, you know, he'll, he will have missed five, six, seven games, whatever. And let's, let's be honest, I don't think anybody expects him to play back-to-back, so I don't think anybody expects him to play 34 minutes right away. So maybe even less than 80% Joel Embiid, maybe 70-75%. And then you then not only are you worried about okay, how is the team coalescing around Joel, around Joel Embiid going into the playoffs and down the stretch, but how much can we tell what this team is with Tobias Harris and Jimmy Jimmy Butler and the other four changes that four significant changes that they made. What are they going to know about their chemistry and their makeup going into and coming out of the playoffs with Joel Embiid at 70-75%? Much less how much of that is Brett Brown's responsibility or fault. How, you know, if if you're if you're if you're coaching with LeBron James at 75% or Steph Curry at 75%, does that, you know, does that impugn whoever LeBron James chooses his coach to be that year or Steve Kerr? Or Greg Popovich, if, if Kawhi Leonard's not playing or playing at 50%. You know what I'm saying? It, it just seems like a very, very tricky a tricky judgment deal. But, you know, this team is, uh, is nothing if not dynamic. So who knows what, who knows what its decisions will be in the offseason if things don't go well down the stretch in the playoffs vis-a-vis Brett Brown. Well, to kind of piggyback off of what Marcus was saying, how you can't really judge Brett uh, until he has, like, a full cast of players, they only played four games with everybody healthy, those are the four after the trade and before the All Star break, they beat a very good Denver team, 
in the Harris debut. Uh, they, they beat LeBron in the Lakers. They lost that tough one to Boston. Uh, and then they went up to New York and they beat the Knicks. So four games, it's just it's not enough to, to you know, all of a sample size to, like, like, sit there and really judge Brett Brown with this new cast of players. So, yeah, to Marcus's point, you can't really – um, you can't really just sit here and make it like a real decision on Brett Brown until he has a full cast of healthy players. And yeah, Marcus is right. Once Joel Embiid comes back, he's not playing back-to-backs. He's not playing 34 to 38, 40 minutes. Uh, who knows what he's going to do in the playoffs. And, and then so it just it complicates a lot of things, this whole Joel Embiid-Nice uh, thing. It, it does a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, that makes sense. That makes sense. But sometimes... You know, things just happen. Life ain't fair, yeah, right? Life, yeah, life is not fair sometimes, yeah. man. You know, things, you know, things happen. You know, they, you know, they happen because, un- unfortunately, in the world of sports, there's always a fall guy. Always. Always. And typically... Why are you looking at me like that? Well, you know, I'm just in the world of sports. The world of sports, there's always a fall guy. But, I mean, you guys raised uh, great points and... Um, you you kind of got me a little bit on that. Um, you know, I'm swaying towards you. I'm not saying that I always thought he should be fired. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just I would just always thought that if they if they didn't make it out of the first round, you know, he would be a guy who. But they it depends on the matchup too, right? I mean, if the matchup is a, a gut matchup that with or without Joel Embiid, 100 percent, they should win. That's that's a fair judgment. Yeah. But if it's the Celtics. You know, which is a tough matchup, which is uh, Joel Embiid's nightmare, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, Brad Stevens is an excellent coach. I mean, it, it, I don't know that that's a fair a fair gauge, but if it is the Celtics, it'll be, you know, they'll be calling for his head because of what happened last year. And, the you know, the Jason Tatum, you know, is going to average 20 and 6 or 20 and 7. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch down the stretch. We'll have uh, two, you know, 50-win teams. Two fifty-win playoff teams with a coach on the hot seat, which is uh, mm-hmm. not exactly what we expected when it's the beginning of the process. Yeah. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, y'all. Now, in the third segment, Zaire Smith played his second uh, G League game game last night. You know, Zaire had a press conference on Saturday. He basically said that, you know, he's just going to be with the G League team for the remainder of the season. You know, I asked him, is it going to be one of those things where after that are they going to call you up? But what I meant was not playing, mm-hmm. but basically call him up so he could be on the bench with his teammates, you know, yada yada in the playoffs. And he he said, you know, they're they're still talking that um, talking about that. I mean, you believe it's going to happen? He's on the roster, so if he's active or if he's unactive, he's going to be on the bench with the team with a suit on or or warmups. But you know, I honestly think that this is the best way for him to go. You know, I mean. Not only is he behind, he's trying to get his rhythm back, but he really he's, he's going to be a great player. But he can't help the Sixers right now at this particular time. No one can. Michael Jordan couldn't come out of retirement and help him. 
Kobe couldn't help him right now, you know, because it's just I'm just talking about with this long layoff. You know what I mean? Well, maybe Kobe could, but you know, three four weeks from now, three four weeks from now, if he's in game shape and they get an injury, I mean, he's getting paid. He's getting paid, but I don't know. He's a but at the, at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. He's okay. still a rookie who hasn't. I mean, so basically, well, let me ask you last year. I mean, at the end of last year. You had the same situation. A guy didn't play all year. He played what the last uh, in uh, Marco Holtz. He played the last what ten ten games of the year. What like happened to him in the third? What happened to him the third the third round? Of, I mean, third game and he got benched. Yeah, but he yeah, also yeah. had a triple double. I mean, I don't think that it's ever a bad idea to play a guy who's part of your future. I don't. I don't know that he has to be even as in, as integrated as Marco Holtz. But you know, just having him having him prepare for games, go through that sort of. Uh, there, there's no replacement for it, you know. There's no, just having him be around the team, get ready for a game. You know, I don't care if he gets, you know, two minutes, six minutes, and three games down the stretch, and you and you and you put him in a suit for the rest of the play, for the playoffs. But just have, I, I think there's real value to having him understand what it is to be under those lights because there's nothing like it. It, it takes your breath away. It really okay, here, here, one thing I'm gonna let, and one thing this is all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. So. You know, we're sitting here. The second segment was about should the coach keep his job, mm-hmm. right? Um, so now the coach is trying to shorten his bench. And so the pressure is definitely on right now. When you're trying to keep your job, isn't to me personally, it's not one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to just play somebody out to see how, how they're going to look you know, in the future, right, right. because right now is the here and now. And I'm not saying and, you give him real minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You give him some garbage time, but get him get him in that pregame preparation. You know, I don't. I think that once he gets used to the G League, which is probably what another two weeks, once he gets used used to the G League, there's nothing there for him because he's he's an elite talent. You know, he's a really really talented guy, and I want to see him. I want him practicing with these guys. I want him traveling with these guys. I want him understanding what it's like to be on the road with these guys and what the spotlight's like and what it's like to be around us, you know, being around, you know, the, the, a, a crush of media. To, to, that's part of the life, and I don't think there's any, any negative. I think I don't know that how much more he can extract from the G League, but, you know, God bless him if that's their decision. If that's what he wants, mm-hmm. let, yeah. it, let it be. To Marcus's point, he is a first-round pick. So I feel like if he's ready to go and if he is in game shape and let's say they do have an injury, throw him out there and like just at least let him experience it because there's only so much you can do down in the G League. There's only so much you can do. Um, but also to piggyback off of that, he's got NBA athleticism right now and he's got that billing of one of those of being like a really good perimeter defender. And this team has struggled at times out on the perimeter. We've all seen it. You know, like when they played Brooklyn, they got destroyed by D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie. And, and uh, they, they can always use a guy like that. And on, and on top of that, I believe in college he had more blocks than, what was it, Marvin Bagley the third, And he had more offensive rebounds than Jaron Jackson Jr. So it's, it's one of those things where this guy just comes in with a lot of heart, a lot of athleticism, a lot of talent. And if he is in game shape and he's ready to go once the G League ends, I'm – Kind of, I'm leaning a, with Mark to this one. Throw him out there. Yeah, it is a big, big if. if. Without doubt, it is a big if. The dude had a Jones fracture, mm-hmm. and you know he's recovering from that from the uh, the complication from the surgery. Right. So it is a huge if. But at the end of the day, if he is ready, I'm definitely throwing him out there to the NBA and see what he can do. Okay. Well, that's y'all's opinion. My opinion is, uh, don't play him this year. That's just my opinion. That's well, just my opinion. You have been covering this team for what? 
400 years, and I'm pretty sure they have never played anyone until after every doctor in America has cleared them. So yeah. I, under, I understand yeah. you, might be a, you might be the Manchurian candidate here. Yeah, it's only been six. This is my sixth season. It seems like 16. It seems like 400. Yeah, right? it does. I feel like uh, Phil Jasmine Jr. <laughs> but, hey, I want to hey, thank you all for joining this podcast. And I want to thank you all for listening. And have a great day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 